It is February 17th, 2023, and welcome to episode 183 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm your host for the day, Jamil Jaffer, and I'm joined as always by my friend and former boss, Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and a senior fellow, the first senior fellow here at NSI, as well as NSI leader Jessica Jones, taking a break from her time being a TV superhero. So what's the story for today? Well, there were about a week and a half ago, there were two massive, massive earthquakes in Turkey uh, that hit both Turkey and northwestern Syria. Uh, the death toll continues to mount by some estimates uh, going over 40,000 dead. Hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced. These earthquakes have highlighted a massive problem. There's a toxic stew in southern Turkey and northwestern Syria of a long-standing civil war inside of Syria, a conflict between the Turks and the Kurds over territory, these huge natural disasters, and completely inept governance by the government in Turkey, the Erdogan government, and the Assad government in Syria. And the common people across these two nations appear to be blaming not just their own governments, but also the international community saying not enough is being done on the relief effort. Thousands remain trapped in buildings. There are dead all over, injured who are still suffering and not able to get medical treatment. So recriminations are rising. And the reason this is a potentially huge problem for the United Nations, for the United States and our allies, is that present in those regions, in particular in northwestern Syria, are ISIS, al-Qaeda-affiliated groups, and the like that have, in significant part, played a key role in the Syrian opposition and the Syrian civil war against President Bashar Assad. So, what's being done? The United Nations, for its part, and the United States and its allies have committed millions and millions of dollars to the effort. The United States Treasury Department has waived sanctions uh, in order to allow aid to flow to the Syrian nation, the Syrian people. And just in the last two days, the Syrian and Turkish governments have agreed to open up additional border crossings to allow more aid to flow in. Is this enough? Could the U.S. be doing more? Could the allies be doing more? Less. what do you think? So, Jamil, there is, uh, first of all, it's, it's terrible tragedy. And uh, this, is, this is a much bigger deal than a lot of Americans realize. This is going to cause instability in Turkey. It's uh, going to exacerbate the already incredible instability in Syria. This is a serious problem. But I think something we should, we should bear in mind, the U.S. response to humanitarian crises like this is world class. The U.S. leads the world in providing assistance to people in this kind of distress. We should be proud of uh, the efforts that we've already engaged in. We have folks on the front lines who are uh, helping people stay alive in situations that are incredibly difficult around the world. And, and our response in Turkey and Syria is going to make the difference for a lot of lives. And this, uh, so, you know, jumping off from there, this issue of the waiver of sanctions is important. Normally, we have strict legal structures to make sure that we're not providing assistance to terrorist groups or anyone that might be a terrorist group. And normally that's that's a very good policy to have. But when there are so many lives on the line and people are literally in life or death situations, we need, we need to have more flexibility for our folks in the field. So I think it's good that Treasury has waived these sanctions. I think we need to be very careful about what we say about what we're doing in this area. There are times when we can say, hey, the U.S. response has been robust. We're very proud of it. There are other times when it's smart not to do that. And in certain situations, it's better, I think, and, and this is the debate I, I think that we're about to have, I think it's better for the U.S. to provide assistance in a quiet way that keeps people alive in certain circumstances. We should be trusting our folks on the ground who are very good at delivering this assistance in difficult situations and, and be mindful of their concerns about the best way to keep people alive. Uh, Jess, I mean, like, so Les says, it's all going great. We're really good at doing this. Don't worry about it. They're not going to blame us. It's all fine. What, I mean, is that is that right? So I don't even want to step into that debate because I 
I know, Jamil, you're already heated on that. So I'm going to let you take on that box, that, that fight. Um, but what I thought was interesting, Les, is, you know, you're focused on human, on U.S. humanitarian aid, of course, because that's the messaging we receive here in the U.S. You know, our citizens, like, how can we help? But also, as Jamil pointed out, the dire straits of, like, the response of both of these governments, that's a complete obstacle. It doesn't ma- matter how great U.S. humanitarian aid deployment can be when we have two governments that are unable to take that in. And like Jamil just pointed out, we had one border crossing until a few days ago, and we have uh, almost 40,000 people dead. So it, it doesn't seem like the fact, the major factor here is USAID, it's it's the two governments in power over in the region. It's not only it's not only the two governments, it's also the UN and and decisions taken at the UN Security Council. Those things matter. The role of Russia and China is implicated in this stuff. Yes, there is no doubt that multilateral diplomacy is actually hugely important here and keeping open humanitarian corridors to these regions is a, is very important. Yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, I have I, I hold no candle for the Assad regime or or much of one for Erdogan in this case, uh, they they can be doing much better. There's no doubt. And and our and kudos to our diplomats at the UN who are keeping those options open. Don't roll your eyes, Jamil. This is important stuff, and we should say it. When American officials do the right thing, we should call them out. We are we have a lot of folks who are working very hard to make sure aid can be delivered. Good for them. I have no problem with lauding American aid delivery. The problem with your approach, though, Les, is you want to give all this U.S. and Western money to the corrupt and terrible Assad regime. You just admitted that the corrupt and terrible. Erdogan regime, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and let them all take credit for it at a time when the Syrian and Turkish people are like, the international community is not doing enough. My government's not doing enough. They're looking to ISIS and Al-Qaeda saying, well, at least you guys are here on the ground helping us. And you want to empower that because you're afraid that if we take credit for it, we might. It's just I don't even know what. But that's just if the question if the question comes down to people could die because we're worried about who's taking credit for it. Yes. Then, yes, you I I stand accused and I I am proud to be so accused. But at every chance, we should be making sure that we appropriately get the credit for what we're doing in the long run. That is the smart play for the United States. A person who is dying has no politics. A person who is starving has no politics. We should we should be there in that. That humanitarian space doing what is necessary to keep people alive. Les, you're worried about aid delivery folks being under threat because they're they might be carrying boxes with US flags on them. And I'm worried about Americans dying because ISIS and Al Qaeda will get strong once again in that region because the Syrian and, and Turkish people will look to them and say, well, at least you're here doing the part. The U.S. isn't doing anything. At least they're not taking credit for it. And, you know, Erdogan's a disaster. Assad's a disaster. I just, this, this seems crazy town that we shouldn't take credit for the aid we're delivering. Is that crazy town? Is that crazy town? Or is it crazy town to say if the U.S. doesn't take credit for aid that ISIS will and therefore ISIS will get stronger and kill Americans? Which one is crazy town? You tell me. I mean, I think this, I mean for any of those that have followed fault lines, this is the, on, the ongoing debate about the politicization or not politicization of humanitarian aid and what we should be doing or not doing. This, this is a common thread here on the show. Who's politicizing it? Who's politicizing aid? The American taxpayers paying for it. We ought to put flags on it and make sure everyone, including the Syrian and Turkish people, know whose aid it is. That's crazy. That is is almost 98% of the time a terrific idea. There are occasions when putting an American flag on it is a terrible idea and will actually result in people being killed, including Americans. Well, there you go. Lessons for Al-Qaeda and ISIS handing out aid. That's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Alcon and Rachel Domino from NSI and Claude Jennings for producing today's episode. Join us again next Monday for the next episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the issues shaking up America's national security. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe, and follow at Mason Natsek on Twitter so more people can get into the Fault Lines crew and the NSI mix.